We're tackling long-term problems with short-term grants. We've got a humanitarian sector more than we've got a humanitarian system. This is RJ McGill from the American Academy in Berlin, and you're listening to Beyond the Lecture. David Miliband is the president and CEO of the International Rescue Committee based in New York. Prior, he was Britain's foreign minister. Most recently, in his capacity as head of the IRC, he's the author of a new book about the global migration crisis called Rescue, Refugees and the Political Crisis of Our Time. This is the topic he discussed at his February 19th lecture at the American Academy before a packed house. We sat down with Miliband to discuss the challenges facing the 65 million worldwide refugees and the challenges facing the nations that are taking them in. We began by asking Miliband about the motivation behind his book, which masterfully weaves together narrative, reflection, and very noticeably, reams of data and analysis. I like facts. I do like facts, so I wanted to get my facts down in one uh, place. And then someone told me that a book of facts is not really as interesting as a book of stories. And this is a way of me backing into saying that I felt I needed to bring together my learning from four years running the IRC, longer period with a background in foreign policy. I wanted to bring together my learning from both ends of the telescope, from the humanitarian end of the telescope, where you're dealing with people and the danger is that you forget the big picture, and the foreign policy end of the telescope, where you've got the big picture and the statistics, but the danger is you lose sight of the people. And I wanted to take what I'd learnt to a wider audience. After speaking with hundreds of refugees around the world, in Jordan, Lebanon, Kenya, Ethiopia, and South Sudan, as well as with relief agencies, field workers, and government officials, were there any paramount unifying causes Miliband discerned behind the crisis? I don't want to seem too clever by half, but obviously the reason that there are lots of refugees is that there are lots of wars and they're not being stopped. So at origin... Uh, the refugee crisis that exists in the Middle East, in large parts of Africa, the abuse of uh, individual rights in war is a product of the failure of diplomacy. And what does that mean? It means that there are states that can't contain difference within their own political structures. It means an international system that is weaker and more divided than at any time, certainly since the end of the Cold War in a way, uh, for longer. And I also have to reflect on the fact that uh, we are 40 to 50% of the people we serve are now from Muslim-majority countries. There are deep fissures within the Islamic world that are tearing communities apart. And uh, so I think that the origins of the refugee crisis are obviously a war crisis and a civil war crisis. Those are long-term trends, not short-term ones. We asked Miliband if global humanitarian aid is capable of dealing with the enormous influx of refugees and displaced persons he has witnessed over the past five years in his role as head of the IRC. We also asked him how governments could better equip themselves and agencies to do better. I think the great danger for the humanitarian aid sector is that the whole is less than the sum of the parts. In other words, every individual bit may seem good, but what's the quantum of achievement of the $26 billion worth of aid that's spent on humanitarian crisis. Albeit, $26 billion that is estimated to be 40% below what's needed, the abiding sin, I think, or the abiding um, frustration is whether or not the whole ends up being less than the sum of the parts because there aren't agreed outcomes that all the different donors are pursuing. There aren't uh, agreed programs that constitute best practice and the evidence base. There isn't a cohesive R&D capacity. There isn't the kind of um, alignment of effort 
that allows the whole to be greater than the sum of the parts. Yes, we face challenges of uh, corruption. Yes, there are issues of bureaucracy. But I think those are not as big as the uh, fact that we've got a humanitarian sector more than we've got a humanitarian system. It's a group of actors with a more or less shared sense of mission, but there isn't there aren't the defining aspects of a system. If you think about a judicial system or a human resources system in an organization, there are a set of goals, there are a set of accountabilities, and there are a set of financial flows that support the goals and the accountabilities. That doesn't exist in the same kind of way in the humanitarian sector. So, number one, there should be longer-term grants. The average length of an IRC grant is 11 or 12 months. Yet we're dealing with problems that last 10, 20 years. Um, they could align their objectives so that different um, donors are seeking aligned outcomes rather than one donor being interested in one issue and another another they could um, reduce the amount of bureaucracy that we have to report on and I think transparency is is right to ask that from the uh, NGOs but it's right to ask that from the rest of the system too with so much work to be done how does the IRC coordinate with other agencies to more effectively do the work of refugee care resettlement and integration People often say to me, well, how do you ensure that the three NGOs don't turn up in the same part of Beirut offering the same service on the same day? And the answer is that there are clusters. There's a health cluster and an economic cluster and an education cluster to run by the UN to try to avoid that. And one of the things I've been impressed by in my time in the humanitarian sector is that local coordination is pretty good, even when there's competition for grants. The sense of shared mission is good. The sense of helping each other on security or even transport issues, sometimes logistics, is good. It's in the greatest storms that you have the greatest cooperation, and that obviously speaks to the sense of mission. Given his time as British foreign minister, we asked Miliband if in light of Brexit, Donald Trump, authoritarian developments in Hungary and Turkey, and the rise of rightist parties in Central Europe, he perceived a genuine threat to the liberal international order. Yes, I do. Uh, I think that to the extent that the post-war order is founded on an idea that political and economic and social interdependence creates room for win-win solutions, that is under assault because the current occupant of the White House has a zero-sum view of the relationship between nations. Uh, I think, secondly, that post-Second World War assumptions about some aspects of the rule of law are under threat, and post-Second World War commitments to individual rights, including refugee rights, are under threat. The notion that there is an international community is also under threat. Now, that doesn't mean that the, the so-called populists are going to win. It doesn't mean that the so-called populists have got answers. Uh, but they are bold in their assault. And the great danger is that those of us who believe in the what you call the liberal international order and the ideas that underpin it are um, also its best critics. And if we're not careful, we spend our time criticizing its failings rather than recognizing its achievements. And that's a tough balance to strike. I'm very impressed by the way in which um, President Macron, who is, in a way, the most pro-European leader around, he's also the biggest critic of the European Union. He says Europe is inefficient, slow, backward-looking, out of date, blah, blah, blah. But uh, that's all the more reason to double down and make it better, not let's retreat from it. And I think that 
um, we need to have the same confidence in, in recognizing there are profound structural in some ways, as well as contingent faults in the liberal international order, but that's a reason to make it better, not to ditch it. I'm not optimistic about uh, the UK under Brexit. I can't say I'm optimistic for the Rohingya fleeing from Myanmar, or I can't say I'm optimistic for the people fleeing from South Sudan, but I think that there are solutions. Uh, the question is whether or not there can be the political coalition to put them into practice. That was David Miliband, president and CEO of the International Rescue Committee and a former foreign minister of Britain. He was at the American Academy in Berlin as an Airbus Distinguished Visitor on February 19th to deliver a lecture entitled Refugees and the Political Crisis of Our Time, which is also the title of his new book, published by Simon & Schuster's TED Books imprint. You can watch Miliband's lecture on our website, americanacademy.de. There, you can also hear more of our Beyond the Lecture series interviews. You can also get the latest content from the American Academy on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Vimeo. Beyond the Lecture is a production of the American Academy in Berlin and is produced by William Glucroft. I'm your host, RJ McGill. Thanks for listening.